Welcome to the Holiday Let Success podcast, the show for short-term rental professionals, hosts, and owners worldwide. I'm your host, Elaine Watts, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies, top tools and resources, and interviews with leading industry experts and successful holiday homeowners. We ask them to pull back the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Are you ready? Here we go. I really want to introduce you to Simon Tolson. Now, Simon is a holiday let manager based down in Cornwall in the UK. And drawing on his past experience as a financial advisor, he built his own portfolio of properties and helped others find and renovate their dream properties before moving on to running a collection of different holiday home brands, including Above Beach Cottages, Port Leven Holidays, niche retreats, ABC Mousehole Cottages, and he even controls the Visit Port Leven website. Welcome, Simon. How are you? Uh, hi, Elaine. I'm feeling great, and it's it's nice to be here. Lovely. It's a pleasure to welcome you. I'm really excited to chat to you. Now, I actually came across Simon because I was down on holiday in Cornwall, which is a beautiful part of the country, and I picked up a local property magazine, and I read Simon's very in-depth article about some of the online listing sites so as soon as I saw it I thought I've got to speak to this man he really knows his stuff so that's how come I invited you Simon so it's, it is good to finally get to chat to you and we'll, we'll chat about that a little bit more as we get into the the interview but first of all can you tell us a little bit more about you and your background how you got started in the industry and how you came to end up in Cornwall well, like with most people, it's a, a sequence of accidents. But uh, when I left school, uh, I went to Plymouth University to study. But in fact, I wasn't very interested. So I left almost straight away and became a professional fisherman and ended up working out of Newlyn for a while and fell in love with Cornwall. So wow. I went back to Pool, which is where my family were and carried on working and some time later, married and living a more normal life, um, I decided to um, buy a holiday home in, in Cornwall. And so um, that's when that's when we came back and how I started off uh, on a journey that eventually took it to be in my job in the end. Which is now helping others with their holiday homes. So what year was that when you got that first holiday home? You took that first foray into the industry. Uh, so I bought the first place in uh, the year 2000, which was a, a very small, very run down place that that we renovated. Um, Fantastic. And and was that close to the beach? Is that what inspired? Yes. Well, it was it was it was what happened. It was in Porth Leven, the town, which at the time was much quieter than it is today. Um, and then after I bought it, I sat down with my accountant. And at the time, there were some very, very good tax breaks so um which i wasn't aware of and so i um i said well if one of those places above the beach comes up i'm gonna go for it and buy it and sure enough it did and that's so then i bought one uh, which literally was above the beach uh and we did that renovation and used the tax uh benefits that you got at the time which sadly have disappeared now um, to get a massive tax refund, and yet I'd renovated the place 
um, and made money. So it seemed like a, a win-win. That certainly sounds like it. Yeah. What a shame things have changed slightly now. So did you, were you inspired to go to Cornwall with the kids as well? I think you've got children. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I have two sons. That are, they're grown up at university now, but at the time they were um, about eight and nine. And it was a great time, you know, to to have a place in Cornwall and have them running on the beach and fishing and enjoying rock pools and that yeah. sort of stuff. So that was that originally I came like most people was a, you know, as a someone who'd enjoy family time instead of dragging them off on an aeroplane. Yeah, that's that's exactly why we love holidaying in the UK. It's it's such a beautiful spot. And Cornwall is I, I, it's really this summer of 2016 is the first time I've been and stayed in Cornwall. I've passed through, I've picked people up, I've dropped people off, but this was the first time I'd actually stayed. I was blown away how beautiful the beaches are. Uh, we went and stayed in St Ives. It was, it was. We caught the weather, and it was, it was like being abroad anyway. So you can't beat the UK when it comes to, to um, summer holidays. If you've got the weather. <laughs> you get the weather, it's as good as anywhere, that's Absolutely, for sure. Absolutely, most definitely. So which company came first? From what we've talked about there, I'm guessing it's the Above Beach Cottages, is that right? That's, that's right, yeah. And in fact, what happened was um, I, I rang up some agencies. I think this is a common experience and for people we speak to now. And I said, you know, well, thank you. I'd like to put my cottages with you. And I said, oh, I'm by the way, what's it going to cost for cleaning, you know, and and the sheets and things? And they said, oh, well, we don't do any of that, sir. You're on your own, <laughs> uh, which which seemed a bit weird to me as because I was working in software. You know, for me, running a website and getting the bookings was was something I could do. And um, if I had to do my own caretaking, then I thought I might as well do it all myself. Makes sense. It, it, you're, you're right as when you first start asking these questions and it says managed we manage your property for you it's not fully managed there's different levels of managed isn't there which you don't really find out as you said until you make that first phone call and realize you are very much on your own when it comes to changeovers and managing all of that process exactly, so yes. I, I, I feel for you there that's it and as time has gone on now the um, the technical side of the business, as in running a website, obviously has got infinitely easier and cheaper and online bookings, whereas organising, caretaking, cleaning and um, being on call 24 hours a day is the really difficult bit nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. So we've, grown, we've grown the agency by offering a full service, which is why people come to us, because they get on with their lives and we take care of everything with their property from start to finish they don't have to worry about anything but they can still come and enjoy that property they've invested in is that right that's right yeah so we have owners living in new zealand and paris and california who some of whom haven't been back to england for several years but um and we have you know barristers in london who don't have time to deal with anything um so we we do a total full service for them and that's um that's why the business has grown so rapidly is because it's it's something that most most agencies are not offering. Yeah, most definitely. It's certainly there's fewer companies that will do everything, but the, yeah, you you still can end up 
paying rather a large amount for just the technical side, as you say. But we will touch more on this as we sure. as we start chatting through. And we've both been in the you've been in the industry longer than me, and you've been building this business. So you've really seen it from the side of an owner, from the side of a individual manager, and from the side of a manager of many holiday homes so you've seen all the changes from 2000 up to today so let's start talking about some of those changes that we're, we're seeing in the industry mainly with the online marketing of holiday home homes as owners and it really does seem to have started to change over several years um, in many ways it also feels like we've been bumped very suddenly into new territory with guest charges, best match. Some people listening might start to recognize some of these terms. And there's been so many joining of forces, acquisitions, leadership changes across the listing sites. What's the most recent thing that's just happened? Expedia bought out Home Away. What was that for? 3.9 billion? Three point, yes, that's billion with a B or (laughs) Um, to put it to put that into perspective, I think if that was a country, it would be about the 40th uh, GDP in the world. That's so it's scary. a staggering amount of money. But all of this, um, all of this was um, started by the Airbnb revolution, who demonstrated really how to run that sort of site. Yeah, that it has had such a huge impact. Just for people who are listening that might not be so familiar with Airbnb, tell us a little bit about Airbnb and well, what Airbnb, it is that they do differently. Well, Airbnb is a very interesting case and things have changed um, because. Um, are you still with me? Elaine? Yes, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> OK, um, what happened was the original concept is it was a way of renting out space in your home or of um uh, of of getting extra money, if you like, by literally selling a couch or a um, a spare room in your own home. And people took it up who had, um, you know, in third in foreign countries, in places that um, where you wouldn't normally be able to find accommodation. And so it was completely innovative. Um, but the key thing they did at the start was took care of the money because there's always been lots of ways to uh, book accommodation, but there was always this embarrassing bit where you turned up and you had to pay. So so that was taken care of online. And then the second component was the um, the reviews of both guest and owner. And so the system would regulate itself, if you like. So bad guests and bad owners would be marked up uh, on the system. And that that was the first innovative thing that that grew and it was really completely separate to our industry yeah and now it's almost merging in as one yes that's right so the set the next the next thing that happened was that airbnb uh they used to charge three percent to the owners and i believe the first service fee they had was three percent to the guest yeah and over time, they amazed all of us who are watching by showing that you could increase the visible service charge to the guest up to eight or nine percent and people would still book. Whereas those of us in the industry might 
some of us started charging booking fees um, might have gone to 20 quid or 30 quid. But we never imagined that people would book something and pay uh, as much as, you know, eight or nine percent as a service fee. Yeah, it is. It's a huge figure, isn't it? And for a big company to to lead the way into that, it's still very scary from our point of view as managers. How did that affect your did you start to do anything like that in your business or did you just leave um, that as to, to well, the, at the big moment, guys? At the moment, we left it where the effect at the moment is is minimal because it, Airbnb tends to serve the smaller um, one rooms or one bed places, but they've been actively in, in recruiting uh, larger properties because now if you look on Airbnb, uh, a lot of the stuff is away from the original concept. You're not staying in someone's home. It's a professionally run holiday apartment or holiday home that you're renting. Um, and the next thing they proved, which is which has really affected me in the way I present things, is an owner will say to me, um, well, we're going to go to Airbnb because they only charge 3%. Right. And I'll say, yeah, but there's a, there's a 9% service fee. And they'll say, well, the guest pays that. And me having a mathematical brain can't really get my head around this because um, in my brain, if the guest pays a thousand pounds and you end up getting 870, then the cost of using that service is 130 pounds. Right. Whereas an owner would see, oh no, no, we charge 900, and and they we're only charged three percent, and the guest pays 90 or whichever way it is, which isn't logical to me, but it turns out it is logical to both guests and owners. Right. And so um, it may be in the future you'll see agencies uh, like us changing their model to follow that model as it were so the owners will so we might charge the same but the real genius of airbnb of course is that if you add the nine and three together it's it's 12 percent, and there's that on the three so it's roughly the same as a booking only agent like ourselves would charge um except the owner does actually must the work themselves they have to answer their own emails deal with their own guests so it's absolute genius to to get their charges up to the same level as an agent without actually doing any of the work. Yeah, when you put it like that, it really it makes you realise how they how some of the companies have got to the heady heights of 3.9 billion because that times the amount of properties they've got online. Which I mean, we're I'm talking about Home Away here, who who Expedia have bought. So you can start to see where they're getting to those figures. Do you know how many holiday home homes? companies like that are professing to advertise at the moment well yes so what happened is, is each followed each followed the airbnb model and each upped the ante a little bit as it were right. um, but that's where the owners direct controversy which people have seen uh, came came in so first holiday lettings which if people don't know is actually owned by TripAdvisor. um so TripAdvisor bought holiday lettings so all self-catering advertising advertised on TripAdvisor is actually effectively an, an agency that is TripAdvisor. So it's not quite to their core independent, if you like, ethos that they started with. But what they said to their owners, at least, is they used to have a model where you paid 
to advertise on the directory. You paid three, four, five hundred quid a year and there was no charge. And they offered us all an option. Okay, if you want to pay nothing, we'll only charge a fee on booking. So that was pretty honourable. It gave everybody a choice. Now, there was strong suspicions that people that were paying commission got ranked higher. You were talking about best match yeah. and that sort of thing. Um, but at least you knew where you stood. And, yeah. and, you know, the guest, what they did, though, was they rolled their fee into the into the total rent displayed. So they didn't separate it out for the guest. So the guests would see one price. They wouldn't see a fee they were paying and which is in a way like we do things. Um, so it would come, it would come through to the owner, but at least you knew where you stood and at least you were given an option. Yes. Um, then seeing the success of that and Airbnb, when Expedia took over home and away, they decided to implement the same model. Um, but the difference was instead of giving, we, we had, uh, about, um, 25 direct of our properties listed uh, on Owners Direct, which was about 5,000 quid a year, and I just paid my annual renewal. Um, Ouch. And, and then um, they introduced the uh, service fee for guests on top of that, um, but they didn't say to us, you can have a choice. They simply added it on, so we ended up paying paying our directory to be listed plus – uh, they added a fee on um, that they charged the guests, which they didn't have before. So um, all of us, or I think you'll find if you look online, you check anywhere, most owners in that situation felt that, that we weren't getting what we paid for. We paid for a directory listing and then a service fee was added on top without our permission, if you like. So yeah, we very absolutely. Unpacked. Yeah, and you, you, that's one of the the things which is really st starting to upset owners in that they've been so used to a certain way of things being done. You've, you've, you've renewed in good faith. As you said, you've put £5,000 in. That's not any low figure by any stretch of the imagination. And as you say, you've suddenly we're feeling like we're being treated the same as people who haven't put that amount of money in and still paying on top. So that really has any forums that we go on and I'll link some up in the show notes. And I will also link Simon's excellent, two excellent pieces of information, different articles he's written in local magazines. I'll link those up in the show notes as well. So you can read through everything that we've talked about. You can follow this different route that these big companies have taken and continue to take. So what what was the knock-on effect of that? Well, actually, uh, bizarrely, or rather fortunately, we're actually experiencing quite a good effect from it because we're seeing a surge in inquiry from owners who have been doing it themselves. Some owners direct was uh, pretty effective, and um, there are many people for whom it was almost their only source of bookings. And many have seen the bookings fall off a complete cliff overnight because in conjunction with introducing the fees, the whole search and customer experience was changed, making it difficult to make inquiries. 
and the the golden goose seems to have been killed as it were by the um takeover but it's actually worked out quite well for us because we've had a a large number of inquiries from people who said well i used to just use home and away or um owners direct and it's just not working anymore and i haven't actually got any um uh, no I haven't got a backup. Um, where I've looked at it, basically Airbnb and holiday lettings are charging the same, effectively charging the same commission as you are. So, um, so, so, you know, are you interested in taking the property on? So, yeah. for all my for all my campaigning, actually, we've, we we we're benefiting a little from changes. So, yeah, well, that sounds good. And in fact. If you were to look at it, we would look at that from the owner's point of view as well. It might actually be good for them to realise actually they need a second way of generating income. And of course, if they're doing all the work, why pay to do the work yourself when you may as well pay someone, an expert like you, that knows exactly what they're doing? And there's no reason why they couldn't be listed on these different sites in order to just ensure they've not just got that one source of income, because if that just goes, if the rules change, the goalposts move again, and that's that's a business gone pop, that's somebody's year changed from quite financially secure to extremely stressful, and that's what people are finding, isn't it? Yes, it would be very, It's they, they can work, but you've got to pay attention because the expectation, if you're running your own bookings, um, nowadays is that emails are answered within hours not not days you know so you you can you can run your own place using directory sites but you've got to effectively be free to be constantly you know checking and answering your emails and organizing yeah i mean and that's that's a symptom of today's instant society isn't it i mean everything you can do immediately everybody's got a smartphone everybody can find the answer to everything and anything at the click of a button and they expect that when it comes to an inquiry as well they want to know now if they can visit that well yes it's not so long ago that all agencies basically switched the phone off at five o'clock and didn't come back till nine o'clock and even many shut up at five o'clock on a Friday and came back on Monday and nobody can operate like that now pretty much all agencies have staff answering the phone until 10 o'clock at night and obviously all day Saturday all day Sunday and answering emails as well so that's that's one thing that's changed across the industry yeah most definitely Get your hands on all the free resources from the Holiday Let Success podcast today. Head to hlspod.com forward slash resources where you can join our HLS members hub today. I'll look forward to seeing you on the other side. And something else, let's just touch again on the owners direct and the best match. And something that I've been talking about for a while, and that's the instant online booking, which lots of people, again, it's another goalpost moved. A lot of people are quite worried about having instant online booking. But actually, if you don't have instant online booking, you don't even appear in the search results anymore. That's another one of the changes. Yes, that's what's been happening. And that that uh, that's being sold as it's all about um uh, you know convenience for the customer but in fact what it means is that it's 
it's a way of that directory grabbing the customer and grabbing the revenue for that booking. Because the other thing we're seeing nowadays, no surprise, is that people will find a property on one source and then um, and then search for the property and then see where else it was listed. And we know this because we list our properties across Owners Direct, Holiday Lettings, and we've used Airbnb and other directories. And we see we see an inquiry come in or, or from somebody and then we see a booking come in from a different source. And it's why we won't share um, we won't share listings because people may well find the property through the search optimization work we do. Then um, then they'll search the property up and book through Airbnb in order to cut the evil agent out or because they've got or because they've got an Airbnb account. And, you know, they have, it's easy, if you like, to book through it. So that's why agencies like ours do, you know, we do want exclusive because we can't get into a fight. We even have people coming through both channels. I'll get I'll get someone from Holiday Lettings saying um, Above Beach Cottages have offered to do it for this. You know, can you do it if you come through here, not realising they're talking to the same person? <laughs> yeah, I've come across exactly the same. And I'd have somebody book on one site and immediately that because it was instant book coming through on one site and then within minutes messaging again through a different site as you just said to say I've just booked this how come it's available on here yes <laughs> because right. it takes moments for it to come through the internet that's why <laughs> so yeah yeah absolutely it's it's just a very strange way that people are being taught now in that they are now well by the listing sites because people do learn behaviors by the way there's listing sites move it does change people's behavior and people are learning to to try and find it listed somewhere else try and get a lower price which is well, it, quite it's scary normally, and um it, the software is is coming on now and people are starting to link the sites together so they will each will block the other off but there's going to be a, a campaign to be if you like the lead site for somebody and it'll be interesting to see. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see sites starting to share revenue, um, you know, like they do with affiliate sites, whereby they'll agree to split the booking, whichever of the sites it comes in on. We may see that developing in the industry um, soon, which already exists. It's just not very public at the moment. If if your holiday cottage is listed with a big agency, you may find it listed across many affiliate sites, which are effectively people who are um who are advertising the property on their behalf and then taking a split of the commission yeah absolutely and it does these sorts of conversations it makes you wonder how many companies can join forces and where they can eventually go and i guess that is the only way to eventually go because they're going to run out of big companies to buy and well that's absolutely have right. to... the, the simple the simple equation here is that um it, it's all about how much they're charging because over the last 10, 15 years, it used to be that people were paying 25%. And before online booking, my word, that was a tough call because if you imagine no one could see what was available, they'd have to call a call center. They'd fill in a booking form, send a check. You'd send a letter back. It's a wonder anything got done. It took a massive operation to do what happens now in a few seconds with a click online. 
So the costs of operating, uh, similarly, you had to send out, you know, half a million glossy brochures, whereas now, you know, most of us don't even have a paper brochure. So if you still got people signed up at 20 or 25 percent, you can afford to give uh, up to half of that away and still, you know, still make good money and have to pay for the advertising. So there's there's a bigger pie there to be divided up, as it were. Yeah, very. It's so interesting talking to you as someone who has followed these changes and has had to work their business around all of these changes. I really appreciate your time uh, and sharing your expertise. And funnily, as I was preparing for our interview, an email came through, which was from Home Away, saying that Brian Sharples has stepped down. Did you also read about this? Oh, I didn't. I haven't. No, I've been a bit busy today. So okay, no, no worries. Yes, in. Brian Sharples, co-founder, chairman of Home Away, has stepped down or is in the process of exiting Home Away, and he will be replaced by John Kim, who's the current chief e-commerce officer there. And as we know, Expedia, we've talked about today, Expedia bought out Home Away. So I wonder if that buyout has made Brian Sharples make this move. If it was I'm something sure. that he wanted to do or I'm, he was expecting I'm, or what? I'm sure it has. Also, I'm sure he now has so much money that he may have lost uh, a little motivation because um, he, he probably has more money than anyone could ever spend in any lifetime. And yeah. so if you don't enjoy doing what you're doing and if, if maybe he's seeing – he built up his site on an absolute principle that it was a directory and it didn't charge fees to guests. So uh, perhaps he's perhaps he's not as motivated as he once was with the site. Yeah, quite possibly. And I, I think uh, it was Brian Sharples that was actually adamant that that would never happen. And then months, I mean, very few months later, there there come the charges. Hmm. I think I think one of the things you'll see in the industry now, which is a, which is is an odd effect, is I think you'll see the larger agencies, many of them, uh, not the huge, the huge with tens of thousands of corporates, but the bigger agencies around the country that are still, if you like, traditional agencies, will all start to offer full service because it's it's a way of if you can organise it, it's a way of differentiating yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, we don't. We're not going to lose an owner to think I can do it myself because they might better do their bookings on Airbnb. But if they're going to try and employ a cleaner and be on call every night for when the heating's not working, that's a very different uh, lot of things to take on. That's yeah, that's that's a completely different world, isn't it? Than handing over the property to someone like you to to take all of those worries away. Like you say, it is it's it's constant, it's instant, it's 24 hours. And if you're, you've got time to take that on, then maybe you do want to manage it yourself. But if you really like your night's sleep, you don't really like the issues and you live ultimately you live a long way away, then it's it's time to pass over to a local company that can do all of that for you and just take that headache away and just give you back the bandwidth that you've been using up trying to juggle all of those different things so well what's really changed what's sorry it's okay go ahead what's really changed is is 
as well as the expectation of guests to book online, it's the expectation of the service they get when they arrive. And 10 or 15 years ago, the, the, the caretaker might have been a lady in the village. And um, if she wasn't on the phone, you could pop a note in her door and maybe she'd be in touch the next day if something wasn't working. Whereas now that's you know acceptable if a guest can't speak to someone immediately and we can't run around and fix the um fix the dishwasher or the worst thing in the world uh, uh, uh if the internet has gone down which is starting to become more important than hot water for most guests yeah then they ex- you know they expect it sorted i mean really immediately i mean i have people you know who are saying well i'm gonna have to go home if you know if i can't get it fixed so oh my gosh that important oh absolutely yeah <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I know it's up there. I know it's up there, but going home from your holiday, <laughs> it's crazy. I honestly think if I said to the guests, well, we, we've got a problem. You can either have no hot water or no Internet, that a big chunk of them would choose no hot water. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Things are changing. <laughs> How funny. So where do you see the vacation rental holiday let industry headed over the next year and beyond bearing in mind everything that we've talked about today well fortunately the outlook for for uk holidays in general and cornwall in particular is is um is particularly good uh cornwall's you know is a very fashionable place to come to we've got dear old polder running a you know, an advertising campaign every Sunday night for us as well, which certainly doesn't hurt. That's very um, handy. <laughs> but generally in, generally in the UK and going on a cottage holiday is definitely not seen as, you know, because you can't afford a proper holiday. So volume, volume looks very good. The outlook looks pretty rosy. But um, the expectations of guests are getting ever higher and you know, all of us that have a big portfolio of cottages to manage have some that are still a bit old school, a bit damp, a bit, you know, a, a bit flowery carpet. And those, those things are going to have to change if we're going to, you know, if we're going to continue to get the levels of occupancy that they want, because, you know, people just just won't put up with that sort of stuff anymore. Absolutely. How are you going to handle those issues? Is it through education and chatting to those holiday homeowners and helping them move forwards with the times? A, a delicate combination of, of carrot and stick, as it were, mm-hmm. by um, we have in we have in a number of cases uh, effectively offered to, you know, we've offered to lower commission if people would do certain things, knowing that it will take us both, you know. So in a way, we may we almost making a contribution to the improvements because we know that it will we'll end up better off in the end, and so will the owner. Yeah. So absolutely. that's that's sometimes you know sometimes what we have to do in order to in order to get properties up up to the standard they need to be. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you see your own marketing? as the companies that you are in order to advertise people's properties will you continue to use the big sites that we've talked about or will you try and move away uh, well the answer is will will you we have to 
what we use has to be measurably effective. So we'll continue to use owners direct used to be used to be very cost effective and and it no longer is. So we won't well unless things change, we won't we I certainly won't be renewing and spending another five thousand quid next March because um the other thing that's happening is I think we're gonna be kicked off because um uh people people booking through owners direct, we always we always took the booking directly with us. And we're getting warnings from them that they're not getting enough online booking. Their st- their stats are telling them that um, people are not booking through owners direct, and so we're going to be kicked down the um, kicked down the search results because we're not giving them enough money, um, uh, basically. Which makes sense from a business point of view, but obviously that means that we you know we won't continue. Yeah. Um, holiday lettings. We have an agency arrangement where we. We actually pay per inquiry. So it's a bit like pay per click, but we pay per inquiry. So that means we only pay when an inquiry comes in. It's fairly easy to measure, uh, the number of the proportion of inquiries that turn into a booking. And so we can measure very easily how much we're paying per booking. And as long as that remains, you know, reasonable, then, um, then we'll, we'll do that. Uh, yeah. and, Almost all the other directories we've tried listing on have not been effective. So we, we get an invitation to join a directory. Well, I don't know about weekly, but certainly more than monthly. And we often put one property on and measure it. And they don't often, they don't often deliver enough traffic to be worth, worth the effort. Cause it's not just the money. You have to maintain the, you know, the entry, make sure it's up to date and keep tracks on it. Absolutely. So, it's it's search pay per click, which is as there's no there's a reason why Google is so fabulously wealthy, and it's because paper pick pay per click is just the perfect storm of advertising. It's measurable, it's expensive, but you only pay in for what's effective. So it still it still works. Yeah, so that's your strategy moving forwards. Keep testing. Keep checking and adjust accordingly. Test, test, test is always the way or you'll lose your money. You have to measure what what you're spending your money on and and be not go on gut feel because very often I think I think something's working and it isn't, or vice versa. I think that's a bit rubbish. And then when I actually measure it, oh actually that worked out okay. So I'm often my gut feel is often wrong. So it's very important to to look at the the scientific, you know what I mean? Look at the science, not the gut feel. Yeah, really analyse those results rather than going, as you say, off what you feel is quite possibly happening, which is not always the case. Yeah, that makes sense. You can you can check another article you might like to link to on the blog where I wrote, I wrote three quarters of an article about how bookings were much later and people were leaving it and going late and um, uh, how this was going to be a change in the industry. And then I ran some data to find out how much sooner people were booking and found out that they were booking earlier than ever. So I was completely wrong in my my impression that people were booking later. The data actually told me something completely different. So I had to then change it around and do an article that was about sometimes what you think, what your gut tells you is not what's true. You should always follow the data. Great. I would love to link to that. Yeah, very much so. And the other articles, the one that I found, first of all, about Owners Direct, 
that will be on there. You've sent me another one today, which I've had a look through as well. They're all so interesting. And it really comes from, these articles really come from knowledge and, and what we've talked about today, your journey since the year 2000 through all of these huge changes that are affecting the industry and you operating and changing within it. So they're, they're so worth a read. Make sure you do head to holidayletsuccess.com forward slash ABC and you will get through to our page where you'll read about everything that me and Simon have chatted about today and be able to link through to those articles and through to Simon's different websites so you can see what is going on down in Cornwall and the sorts of things that are available down there. So how would you advise someone new to the industry starting out afresh today to get started with marketing their property? Um, well, uh, I, of course, in my completely unbiased opinion, if they're in South Cornwall, they should find a great full service agency. To of course. Look after. <laughs> but, but, but the honest truth is, if it, the key thing is who's going to do the caretaking, because if you're going to do your own caretaking anyway, or you're going to organise that and pay a separate agency to do call out and caretaking, then it may be a serious you know consideration to do your own marketing because that's the difficult bit if you're um if you're going to organize all that and then give your place to an agency just to do the bookings um then it's quite feasible to consider using airbnb holiday lettings and other directories to to do your own organizing but you have to be available so if you work for yourself and you sit in an office or Maybe you're a, if, if you're at home with the kids or if you're if you've got the sort of job between you that you can check the email every. It's not a lot of work, but it has to be frequent so you can answer every night, every every few hours. Then then if you're doing the hard bit anyway, you might as well um, you might as well get on and, um, and consider doing the bookings. Uh, having said that, if you've got a job where you don't want to get, you know, a call at night escalated to you that, you know, there's a problem or a leak or the electrics out um, and you want peace of mind, then obviously it's um, uh, pick your agency, but pick um, wherever you are in the country, you know, a, an agency where, where the boss is sat, you know, and everything's his fault rather than a huge conglomerate is, is, is I think I am a little biased, but I think that's the way to go. Yeah. And it, it does make sense. You know, it, there's lots of pointers that actually send us towards the, the model that you've just talked about. As you said, people are actually funneling out of the big sites into speaking to somebody like you because in balance, it, it actually works out better. And then you have the opportunity to differentiate, excuse me, differentiate yourself by offering the extra services, which turns and everything off the plate of the owner. And the final bit of advice, which is something that may save every one of you free, don't forget, you shouldn't be paying council tax. You should be registered for business rates and you should be claiming small business rate relief. So you pay nothing. So that's essential. Probably something like 30 or 40 percent of owners I meet are paying council tax. They don't need to be paying. So that's that's the number one thing you could hear today that might save save people some money that's a great share it's actually something that i've not approached at all on the podcast but i have very recently met a 
property accountant. So I'm hoping to bring him on. And so thank you for bringing that up. And I noticed on one of your websites, Simon, that there was a page dedicated to little pieces of information like that around about tax. So I'll also link that up in the show notes. We'll, we'll make sure that we, sh- we swap resources at the end of our, our chat today. Sure. So is there anything that you think an owner of a holiday lets must do or be in today's market, in your opinion? How do they differentiate themselves from the myriad of other properties available out there? Rule number one is do what you want, because what I always say to an owner, I say, what should we do? And the answer is set the property up, buy the property that you want, because in the end, when things get tough, you don't want to have a property that you didn't really like, because but you you bought it because you thought it would be a better investment. Great so advice. Buy what you want, and if you, it suits you to have two doubles in instead of a double and a twin, then put two doubles in if that suits you, because the market will follow. And if you use your home and you enjoy it, it will that will come over in the guest's experience. You can tell where an owner has lost interest and suddenly, you know, things are not quite just subtle things start to change. And, you know, the toasters get cheaper, the pictures get older. It's not being given the same amount of love. So above everything else, rule number one, if it do what you want, do what suits you. And there will be a market of people, you know, similar to you, if you like, that will come. That is such great advice and something that, a piece of advice that has not been given before on the podcast. So thank you very much, Simon. Is there any further resources, any books or online courses, any sort of learning material that you've come across that's been really useful for you that you'd like to recommend for listeners? Well, uh, anybody, whatever you're doing, the the book, the Bible of uh, small business um, startups in tech is, is a book called The Lean Startup by Eric Rees. And whether you're planning on building a multi-million pound business or just running your own holiday home, the principles in there are are the same. And the basic principle is um, if you've got an idea that you think will work, then find the cheapest possible way of testing it rather than um, ra- rather than spending money and then finding that, you know, you've gone down the wrong path, as it were. And if there was one thing, I make all my staff read a copy uh, the first time when somebody joins. It's part of their induction. Here's your homework. Go home and read this book. (laughs) That's brilliant. Great share again. And I will make sure that that book is linked up in the show notes. The Lean Startup, Eric Rees. Thank you, Simon, so much for coming and spending some time with us today and sharing your vast knowledge of this industry, having lived through it and and brought several really great businesses through it, too. And you're leading the way as well for the next few years, too. So best of luck with that as well. And hopefully we'll keep in touch. Okay, Thanks, Elaine. That would be a pleasure. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of the day and we'll speak to you again soon. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Holiday Let Success podcast. But remember, it doesn't need to end here. Find us on Facebook at the Holiday Let Success podcast community, where you can join a group of like-minded, 
proactive holiday homeowners just like you. And don't forget to check out the website, hlspod.com, where you can join the HLS Learning Hub, our free membership site where you get access to all of the free resources that'll help you towards your holiday let success. Bye for now.